Performance On Demand Podcast, number 13. It's Five, four, three, two, one. Performance on Demand podcast with Craig and Jeremy, where you will learn all things endurance sports from training and nutrition to mental strength. Everything you need and want to know in one place. Welcome everyone to the Performance on Demand podcast. I am your host, Craig Willard, along with Jeremy Brown. What's up, buddy? Good evening, or I guess depending on where you're at, good day, or maybe if we have some Australian friends, good day, mate. Good day, uh, everything. <laughs> good day, every day. Absolutely. No, things are things are great. Things are great. Just uh, sitting down to put together another little piece and some of our random ramblings. Uh, yeah, and don't forget, this is your question day. Mm. So go ahead and get ready on that on that part. Well, I will. Good point. I will have to pull that up. Okay. So uh, this podcast is uh, around the word confidence. How you use it, what you do with it, where is it, can you buy it, um, whatever. But uh, you know, we can let uh, we'll let Jeremy start off with um, his part, and we'll just kind of go from there. So, yeah. what what is Jer- What is this confidence thing? Well, let's back up just a second. I thought you were going to say this podcast is brought to you by Bluebell Ice Cream, which is like a huge <laughs> epidemic in in Texas. Is it really? Hospital. Oh like just so hot, you can't. You can't keep well, it. another thing is, is, is I don't know the exact issues with it. I just know months ago they removed it from all store shelves. Every store shelf, you could not get Bluebell. Really, there are people that are putting uh, signs in their front yard that says "Come and take my Bluebell." You know, like Liberty signs and stuff. And I think this past week, there everybody was taking selfies in the gas station and grocery stores by the Bluebell that had just got back in stock. So it was Whoa. it was weird. I don't know it was something in a processing plant. I don't remember what it was. Anyway, so I, no, I got excited because I thought. I thought we got our first sponsor, which was ice cream. And I was like, that's the shit. So uh, anyway. If that, they want to sponsor us, if you are listening, we'll take it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bubble gum, ice cream. Whatever. I don't care. Um, no. So, yeah. So confidence, this is something that, that you and I discuss. And it's it's funny because I, I realized this in the, just a few days ago, is that in some aspect of my life, whether personally uh, or professionally, I deal with confidence every single day. And if you really think about it, I think we all deal with that in some aspect. It could be, it could be confidence uh, or lack thereof to make a decision, you know, to um, the confidence to do a presentation at work, um, you know, the confidence to know that you're going to nail this next swim set. I just got a text a little while ago from uh, one of my athletes who all it said was, you know, it's, that was a freaking great swim set, which is good because they've been having kind of a rough time here lately. And, you know, so that's confidence, you know, they nail yeah. the swim set. Right. And so, you know, in the in the big scheme of things, confidence is a word. It's almost like an aura. You know, when I was when I was doing a bunch of racing, confidence. I always base my confidence on my fitness level. Some people base it on the way they look. Some people base it on um, that word that we talked about last go around. That's how successful they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, for me, I, I always when I felt like I was in good shape, or I'd go out and I'd do a, a test set, or I'd go out and ride with the group and I'd ride real strong, I became more confident. And when you become more confident, that kind of, it kind of trickles over, you know, it runs over into everything else. It could go, it could then trickle over into your family life or into your work life or whatever. So 
confidence is a very it's a very delicate thing. Um, I, I would I would dare say. Would you agree with that? I would, and the reason I would say that is because when you use confidence externally, it can be taken from you externally. And Ooh. so while you did get that perfect workout or, you know, that, that last rep or, you know, that last 15 minutes faster than you never done, what that does, it tells you that you have this ability to do it. But if you rely on the externals to prove your confidence, for example, uh, an outcome goal or something like that being first and you don't get first the next time, what happens to your confidence? Yeah, all of a sudden you're not as good. Yeah. Self-worth goes down. Yeah. So really, to me, you got two different types of confidence. You've got the confidence inside, and then you have the confidence outside. And the, the confidence inside is more of your like your homeostasis, your, your neutral level of where you are. And then everything outside is to help you move up from that. But it, if it's gone or you don't have it, you still have a, a, a very strong level of confidence within to keep you from falling through the floor. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? So that so based on that, and I, I, I like the way that you, that you put it, based on that, the most powerful and pure form of confidence is one that's within. Agreed? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, but because we do, we do get confidence, uh, and I think just kind of thinking out loud here, is that everybody has their own confidence. It may be a one on a scale of one to 100 or maybe 90 naturally. You know, and this, this could come from childhood. This could come from you know, life experiences, other things like that. But I think that as we go, we can become better at something, and that will increase our, our I guess I'll call it our organic confidence, you know, the confidence within us. And so um, I, I think that the confidence within you is, is the most powerful. Agreed. And when you look at what someone has done externally, there is confidence to be built from where you've come from. You know, we oftentimes think of, you know, if, if I look in the mirror today, I don't look to me any different than I did six months ago or a year ago, because all I really can think about is the way I look at, look now. But if I took a picture of when I was in high school and I was six foot and 145 pounds, compared it to picture of today where I'm six foot, 200 pounds, there's a big difference into what those two people look like. And yep. so it's not to say that I'm confident because of the way I look, but it's, uh, I'm confident because I have evolved and that's what it's really about to me. Can you evolve? Can you do better? Um, and when you're confident, you can, when you okay. lack confidence, You'll, you'll stop at that uncomfortableness. You'll stop when you fear failure. You'll stop when um, you see that you're not going to place like you should have stopped, you know, or like, like you should have placed or something right, along those right. lines. So, so along those lines, let me ask you a question. Um, just my quick thinking perception is that um, people who tend to be, be more confident uh, tend to want to step outside their comfort zone more often. Agreed? Yes. So would that person be considered a risk taker? Oh, sure. Sure. So so do you think that someone who takes more risks is generally, generally speaking, more confident than someone who's more, um, 
I guess, conservative. Ooh. Um, well, and I just, I just made that up, but I was thinking about it. And I was like, well, how, you know, if, if you were, if you were to look and just look at a, a group of a hundred people and you know, you, you break it out 50, 50 risk takers and, um, you know, very conservative people, you know, which, which group would, would weight more confidence over the other group? Like, you know, obviously there's going to be outliers, but when it comes to that, does one personality type lend itself to being more naturally confident? Yeah. Oh, well, I would say that as a risk taker, you probably have a higher level of confidence. Um, is it super high? I don't, I mean, that would depend on the person. I think really when people are risk takers, it's more about a lack of fear for failure. So right. if, if I can't fail, I, 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 can, I can just go. I don't have to wait. I go. But if I don't have confidence, then my fear of failure is going to be even harder or even right. stronger. So, um, you know, a lot of people ha don't have confidence, but they, they, you wouldn't know it. Right. You know, uh, if you, if you're at a competition, I, I think about like, uh, like if you're thinking about tennis and you walk on the field and you look over at this guy or this woman and her shoulders are back, her head's up, her eyes are focused forward. Positioning. She's not worried. He or she is not worried about anybody. She's not here for any of you all. And when you look at her, if you lack confidence, you probably just got beat. Be a little intimidated. And you didn't even start the game yet. Yep, yep. And so that's one of those things about people who are confident or perceived as confident actually can control their opponents because of the way they present themselves. And, you know, a prime, that, that's a pr great thing because, you know, it's kind of, uh, uh, you'll hear ramblings of it, but if you ever go even to the pool, like to a master swim, or if you're at a race and you see someone in the Swedish goggles, now the Swedish goggles are these little plastic things that are held together by basically a rubber band, and they're like $2 a pair. But pure, a lot of pure swimmers are people who swim in high school or collegiately, and I'm sure there's a lot of people nodding their head to this, if you have, if you have, or you see some of the Swedish goggles, you instantly label them as a swimmer, and so, yeah. and and that kind of segues into a, another thought that I had the other day when I was thinking about this is, in our sport, you can buy a form of confidence, sure. and meaning you can go and buy a brand new bike. Well, all of a sudden you hop on that bike, and oh wow, every ride's a mile per hour faster. Well, essentially you just bought confidence, but you have to start believing in that. And same thing when you, you know, race day, these athletes got, I've got, uh, we got some athletes that are going to be doing, um, I guess we got what, three Ironmans coming up in about five weeks. And there are things that can bring you confidence on race day that adds to your already, uh, you know, your current confidence level. And that's things like a disc wheel that you don't train with an aero helmet that you don't train with, you know, all these, a, a swim skin for the swim. Um, these are all things that I, I think. This is kind of where the I see the problem at um, from the mind of an athlete is sometimes people go out and buy this stuff thinking it will make them better, faster, stronger. It does help a little bit, but I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make up at, – at times, they're trying to make up for a lack of confidence they already have and, or, or a lack of other things they already have. So they go out and buy all these flashy bikes, you know, and I'm sure many people out there can attest to doing you know, a long course race and – you pass a guy or girl on 
you know, a ten dollars or $15,000 bike and you blow past them like they're doing nothing. Well, that was an attempt, in my opinion, that was an attempt to buy confidence. Whereas if they would have trusted the process and put in more work, they would have gained that, conf- that, that confidence and put that more on the organic side. Does that make sense or am I just talking in a circle? No, it does. But does the bike really make you go faster or is it the belief that the bike can make you go faster, which then tells me, because I, I do believe it's more of the belief that when, you, when you're talking about confidence, you're talking about belief. Right. No, that's, that's true. And to answer your question, yes and no. If I'm going from a road bike with clip-on arrow bars to a time trial bike, yes, I will naturally be faster because of positioning. Well, sure. The bike's right. a little more slippery, whatever. But if I go from my bike that's in the garage right now and I buy another bike that is of similar caliber, it may be slightly faster if we go to a wind tunnel. I'm talking, you know, very, very small amounts of drag, but it does, it, it gives you that uh, kind of placebo effect. Sure. And so, yeah, it's kind of a yes and a no. It is. If I tell you that I have a Brooks X1 that has been proven, proven to make you run 1.3 miles an hour faster on the average marathon, proven, and I give them to you and you do no research, there is a very good possibility you're going to run faster. Then I'm going to run faster. I'll tell you because right you now. Because you believe it. Right, right. And so confidence to me is belief. If I am confident, I believe it. And the recognition that states that if I put something on an outcome, if I, if I put my confidence in saying that I'm always going to be first, that's going to be a problem. And you're going to immediately regress, but it's believing that you can do whatever you set your mind to over a given period of time. But, you know, and I always like to go and get the definition of these, these words, because that's what kind of what we do. We pick a word, kind of work on it. And, and I actually, uh, I pulled up the wrong definition earlier when I read it to you and you kind of crossed your eyes and and we're like, whatever, but (laughs) confidence is a noun. Okay. And it's the feeling or belief that one can rely on something, Mm -hmm. someone or something, firm trust. And you go down like two other definitions, then it's exactly what you just or what we've been discussing. It's a feeling of self-assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities or qualities. Right. I love that an appreciation of one of one's abilities because I've been in positions before where I didn't appreciate a a skill set I had or a talent or a knowledge that I have. I didn't appreciate that, so I was not as confident. But there yeah. are other things in life that I know I'm good at. And I am, I am more likely to be confident when that situation arises. But let me ask you this. When you say, I, I, I know I'm good at this, what are you judging that on? That's tough. Because um, it's, it's, when you change how you feel about yourself, it's because you're looking at someone else. Okay. So when, you know, it, it I, I can't remember. What, yeah, what was that. the last thing, what was the last part of that definition? Um, a feeling of self self assurance arising from one's appreciation of one's own abilities or qualities. Appreciation for one's ability or one's own quality, which is is that external or internal? I'm making you I, think. You know, no, I think no, that's good. It, I think it, it's actually it, because your ability has to be judged based on someone else. I believe. So on for yourself. me to say, hey, for me to say, hey. You know, we went to Chuck E. Cheese tonight. I'm really good at this basketball game. Well, based on what? Exactly. Based on who? So, yeah. It's, but it's based on you. Right. It's an, so when you have an appreciation for what you are, 
That's just saying, I'm good with me. And it doesn't matter what's on the outside. Right. Because the slowest, you, you may have met and don't even know it, but you may have met someone that runs 15-minute miles and is highly confident. Yep. And that's because they're not judging themselves on someone else. They're judging themselves against them or against their past performance. So when you do that, your confidence will immediately begin to rise when you do not look at other people to judge where you are. Does that make sense? Yes. No, that's, yes, that's really good. So I, I truly believe that when, when someone talks about a lack of confidence, it's not, a, it, it's not whether they uh, can go, you know, you can go buy it, I guess, in small increments by, by someone telling you this, this bike does really well or these shoes, but that's not really the core of confidence is in your belief that you can accomplish anything that you set your mind to. I love it. And the reality is you, you can, you can set your mind to anything. Well, let me, let me pose this question to you. And when do you, in your normal day-to-day life, when do you feel the most confident? Hmm. Wow. Uh, that's a really good question. And the reason I ask most, is because there are, there are times like in my past, I, I, um, I worked at a TV station and be, every day we had to dress up. And for me, it sounds, it sounds weird, but for me, I, I get like a, a boost of confidence when I feel put together. Sure. No, and I, that's, can, I can see that's where you're the, going with that. And, and it's just, I'm just curious, you know, day to day life, because it comes and goes. Some days we're confident or like really confident. We're on the ball. We're just ready. And then some days I even find myself being bogged down. It's like, it's not really a questioning of my abilities, but it's more like a, okay, what's going on here? Like, I don't feel that. I think the, the word that's thrown around a lot is, is swagger. Sure. That's kind of interchangeable with confidence. And um, you'll see people and they will have a certain swagger about them. And you really see it when you look at high elite level athletes, like a football player. Those guys gotta gotta walk around knowing now whether whether or not you know it is a facade or not. They gotta know that they are it. And I was just curious as to when you know if there's certain situations or certain times in in recent memory that you've really kind of felt that um, you know that 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 swagger, you know. I think that my confidence, generally speaking, is is on a pretty good upper level. Right. Uh, the only time that I really lack in confidence, um, interestingly enough, is when um, you know I'm not feeling well, and I and it takes me longer to do something than I normally do. Uh, you know, if if I'm used to spitting off responses and and answers for things that I'm asked for at work. And I'm a little bit off. It, yep. it, it yep. kind of it throws me off a bit. Yep. But um, you know, I I have taken a lot of time over the last uh, I don't know, several years to uh, you know really focus on me and where my where my confidence is, and realize that even when my heart's racing and I'm in front of thirty or forty people and I'm having a conversation and I'm the focus the focal point. Um, I'm confident in what I do and my beliefs in whatever it is that I'm presenting. And so I don't allow 
where I could drop, I don't. I just don't right. because because I know that I'm prepared. Right. So that's kind of a that's that's an interesting concept. That that thought will make me think when I get off here, and I'll have an answer. Um, <laughs> well, I like you, it. Throw, you caught me. You caught me off guard. I'm not. Well, uh, it's just because you know I, I've gotten, and you and I have discussed this. Um, uh, for me, it, and I think the exact thing you told me is you have to know that you're worthy, that that people want to listen to what you have to say. And we kind of hit on this last time, and we talked about you doing a, a couple of speaking engagements, and I've kind of gotten out of out of my shell, and I'm becoming more um, more comfortable with what I do know, and more confident with what I do know. And so I've done a couple of talks, you know, on some heart rate stuff and some run form stuff, you know, 20, 30, 40 people at a time um, at the most. But I feel like when I'm when I am in that moment, and I have all eyes on me, and people do want to hear what I have to say, and what I have to say is accurate, and what I have to say is is um, is compelling, and people want to hear it. I come away like when I'm done with that talk, it's like I'm on cloud nine. That's when I think I feel my confidence is is at a high. Or, sure. or for example. Um, when I talk to an athlete, you know, I've done a bunch of talks with my athletes in the past week or so as our, as our monthly chats. And when I talk to an athlete and they're, they're vibing, they're really feeling the training. They're really putting in the work. They're really feeling good. They're happy with their, their training. They're happy with their fitness. They're happy with their lives. To me, that gives me confidence because just like you, we, we both are, uh, teachers and leaders in an aspect. And so right. for me, that really kind of Kind of gives me that boost um, that really puts me above my normal day to day because normally day to day I'm I'm pretty pretty confident uh, when it comes to that but there are times like like you said you know obviously you can tell you don't feel well and you kind of get yeah. bogged down but you know it's always it's always cool to think about those times that really kind of kind of give you that little boost yeah when when you're in your zone when you're in the world that you know if I start talking heart rate you're gonna pipe up and. I'm going to have to tell you to shut up because <laughs> you're not going to stop. Right. You know? And that's because you're so into that, right. that right. it just, the confidence exudes itself and it's, it's informative. But you know, if I were to ask you to talk about something that you don't know a lot about, obviously um, your confidence is still going to be there, but it's going to be in a point that says, well, you know, that's not really my expertise. Uh, right. That's why we have so-and-so and that's what they do. And I'd love to hook you two up or, right. get, yeah. you know, Give me yep. a couple of your questions. I'll write them down. I'll get back to you later with some answers. Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely true. And, um, you know, I just, it just got me thinking as to, you know, kind of, because I, the next thing I was going to ask you is, you know, even, even for me, I could, I could use this. Are there one or two tips you would have for, for our listeners and for me? Because when you do get in those moments to where you don't feel confident, let's say you go out and you have a performance and for some reason you're staring at the outcome goal and it's not what you wanted. How do you kind of flip that script around and get back to that good place? Well, for the first thing is, is don't have an outcome goal. <laughs> you okay. know, um, do, but do if you, know, you do, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have an outcome goal, call me. We got to talk. No, right? um, <laughs> just focusing on the moment that you're when you run or whatever it is that you're doing is. Are you being the best you you can be? Are you giving your body, yourself, every ability to be successful? And when you feel like your confidence is dropping, think about all the things you've done. Think about where you started and where you are. Recognize that your body has transitioned from point A to even point Z or wherever it's at. 
but it's looking at a what you've done and b becoming happy with the fact that you are where you are and remembering again it's all about that process stuff it's all about bettering your best and when you look over to the left or you look over to the right you're you're looking at other people you're probably judging them it's just you that's the only thing you can compete with is you and so it's does that make sense yeah, no, absolutely. And and you hit the nail dead on the head because as you know, I've been been talking to some people here lately and it's like my frustration is there doesn't there's not an apparent appreciation for current abilities. Right. And there's not an apparent appreciation for the developmental process that they've come through. And and that's and we've discussed this before. It's really hard for an athlete to step out of the trench and say, Holy crap, this is where I was and I'm here now. Right. You know, and so that that's really hard. Even that's even hard for me as as a coach, as an athlete, for me to look back and you know, me to say, oh man, I wish I knew more about this. Oh, well, look at all the stuff I've learned just in this mm-hmm. short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Or you know, I, I wish I could do X, Y, and Z. Oh, well, look who I really am. So it's that appreciation of 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 one's abilities and and really yeah. what we have. We don't, like I said earlier, when you're talking about a picture, we don't really realize how far we've come. And the key to that is it's not that it's external, it's internal. It's evaluating our growth. And if we've went this far in eight months, could you imagine where we'd go in two years? Right. Or in, you know, three years or five-year plan? Could you imagine where we would end up? But when you're in that mirror and you're looking at yourself, you know, we, um, back many, many months ago, and, and I do this with athletes now, it's, you know, when, when you're training and you get down and you feel like you may not be prepared, you need to sit down and you need to look at your, whatever it is, solution, training peaks, or whatever you're using to maintain all of your work. And you need to start populating a database or some spreadsheet or a piece of paper with how many miles you've traveled. Yep. And to look and go, I'm not prepared. And then look down and see 2,000 miles on a bike in training. That's pretty flipping ridiculous. And so when you look at that from a bigger picture, you know, some people can even get emotional about it because they, they, they never really looked at it on a grand scale. You know, there are certain points in our training and in our careers and life where we need a hundred foot view. And then there are certain points when we need a 10,000 foot view. And when it comes to our journey, that 10,000 foot view of how many miles you've ridden, how many miles you've swam, and how many miles you've run can be very emotional when you realize they're a lot farther than you than you could imagine. Oh, absolutely. You know, one, one fun thing to always do, you know, like to do with some athletes, is, you know, before a big race, we'll recap, you know, they're training for the past six months or a year, depending on the race. And then I like to take that and I like to put it on a map. And say, okay, you've essentially ridden across the country twice. Yeah. Yeah. Or you've, you've ran from Florida to your front door. Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a long way. Right. You know, so it's always kind of fun to do. But, well, um, I mean, imagine these, some of these athletes who do not have the confidence, but yet they train just fine. But when it comes to the race, you know, they, they put themselves in a different perspective. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, wait a minute. You just told me that 
six weeks ago you swam 2.4 miles and now you're worried about doing it. I don't understand. Right, right. And it's because and, they're they're not thinking about where what they've done or their training yep. that and how that's presented to them. They 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 fear failure. When you fear failure, there goes the confidence. It all goes that, away. That's, that's spot on. That's absolutely spot on. And I think the recurring theme with a lot of our talks is fear is a nasty little creature. It is. Well, it, 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 it's it there really, for a reason. It is. It is. But but it 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 seems to you know it seems to want to poke its head around every now and then and uh, at at very opportune or inopportune times and say, hey, I'm here. You know. Well. So uh, so earlier today, I put a little just a little blurb on my sports psychology page, and I basically said. You know, if you thought about a baby, uh, like a young baby, maybe one that just started crawling, how fearless they are. Oh, I just had this conversation the other day. I mean, they're fearless. They will touch anything. They will. They see stairs. They're going down. Yeah. Oh, and no. It, I mean, kids, kids are that way. Yeah. I'm sure Ashland's like that. I mean, yes. it's like they're fearless. It's like, it's like you, you don't think about falling off that, do no. you? And guess what? Their limits have been expanded to almost well. Unfortunately for a, for a child, that could be uh, a bit of a near death experience in some situations. <laughs> right. Right, right. But if you thought about that and realize that a baby has no limitations, but an adult they have tons. Why? Yeah. Uh, growing up experiences, they've had near you know death experiences, uh, family issues. Um, People told them I've, they I've could. I've had this discussion yeah, so know, many times. But, you know, people told them they couldn't do it. And so they, you know, you have two types of people. You have the people that are going to say, F you, I'm doing it. Right. And other people that go, you're, you're right. I'll, I'll never be able to do that. Right. And those are, you know, those are two things that we have to work on independently. But if you can imagine being a child, what could you do? Oh, there's nothing you couldn't do. Well, there's no difference in right now. It's just a matter of how many layers of I can'ts and impossibles have you laid upon yourself to where you can actually allow yourself to be more than you've ever been. I mean, everything that we've ever done has been from, uh, you know, everything around us, someone said we couldn't do. And so, you know, this goes into a whole different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think we level, should, we but, should, we should revisit this later. This is good. Yeah, this is really good. It's like every time we get toward the end of one podcast, we're like, well, man, we, we got to talk about that next time. We start another one. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you could, I mean, we could talk for hours and just keep going and we've done it before and just keep feeding into the next thing because it all ties in at some capacity. It does. It does. And confidence is huge. But the thing is, is you can have it right now. I mean, you really can. And it's just believe in yourself and look back at where you've been and where That's you are, sure. whether it's work, whatever else it is. But if you don't feel confident, everybody around you is going to know it. Yep. And they're going to treat you different. Right. And that's unfortunate, but they do. They treat you different. Yep, they do. Absolutely. I mean, when I, I mean, I'll look at people as a as a hiring director, I evaluate people from a nonverbal situation. I, yep. I, how do they how do they stand? You know, is their shoulders back? Is their head up? Are they focused? Are their eyes moving all over the place? You know, um, are their thoughts collected? Are they taking their time? Are they slouched? I mean, there's all kinds of different things right. that people do when they're not confident. And the number one thing they don't do when they're not confident is push their limits. That's a big one. Yeah. Well, we have, we, we've got 
two governors of sort. We have the mind governor. If you ever get hit in the head and your body freaks out, it's it's saying good night and it shuts you down, right? It knocks right. you out. You go unconscious. And that's to kind of save your body from doing any more damage. You're going night night. Touch her. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Night night. And so that's one governor that our mind has. And then the other one is the one that we've created, the limit that we've put on, oh my God, I can't go any further. Oh my God, I'm done. I need to stop. I can't. You know, I was talking to, we'll talk to, uh, you know, several, several episodes ago, I talked to Tom, uh, one of our athletes, and you know, he made a comment about Raw the other day. And he said he did the race across Wisconsin. It's 175 miles in a day. And which is phenomenal, but he said (laughs) he remembers stopping and listening to a couple people talk and they were like, oh my God, I I can't go any further. I can't, I I can't do this anymore. And Tom was like, dude, I'm out of here. I can't listen to this. This (laughs) is going to take me down. (laughs) I got to go. And so, yeah. And so he got on his bike and he took off and he did the 175 miles. He was not willing to allow his body to say no. Right. And that's confidence that is confidence power power very powerful powerful. good stuff man so i I think we've we've got a lot of uh you know good stuff packed in here i hope that you know i hope people can take away from it and and you know maybe pick up a thing here or pick up a thing there maybe nod their head and say yeah that's me and maybe they can find a way you know relax and and release some of those uh inhibitions that they carry that's maybe holding them back yeah yeah well in the end believe in yourself no one else can believe in you until you believe in you. Truth. It doesn't matter what I think about you. It matters what you think about you. Yep. Then, Absolutely. Yeah. And if I can give it to you, you know, we, we, we talk about that a lot too, is if I can give you confidence, guess what? Take it away. I can take it away from you. So yep. you better not be asking me for it. You need to right. be finding your own confidence. And I don't say that to be harsh. I'm saying that to ensure that when you have it, you don't lose it. So absolutely. Anything else we can say before we wrap this thing up? No, brother. I think that's, I mean, I think we nailed it over and over and over. So let's, mm-hmm. uh, you want to hop right into our questions? Yeah, let's, let's do it. We'll do, we'll do, uh, one, we'll do four. Cause I found a pretty cool little, uh, thing. So I want you to pick a number between one and 12. 12. <laughs> oh, What's boy. the worst haircut you've ever had? <laughs> oh, if my buddy, I have, one of my best friends cuts my hair. He has for many, many years. Um, and he gave me, <laughs> I had spiked hair with, um, and I'm a naturally dark brown hair with blonde tips. Oh, oh it's horrible. <laughs> uh, so uh, embarrassing moment. Yeah. Bad hair. Mine would be, I don't remember my age, my, my mother recalls it, and, and they've got pictures of me. My dad is, is cutting my hair out on the back porch, and uh, they used to just give me a buzz because a kid, you know, little number two, number three, whatever, maybe number one. He's cutting along, and all of a sudden he says, oh, crap. The guard has fallen <laughs> off, and it's straight blade to skin. Oh and, you know, you remember me as a kid. I was much like you, very super skinny. I had yep. double-jointed arms. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I had I was ridiculously bald for a long while. So that's probably that's the worst funny. haircut. Well, that's like had. half your life's been bald. That that is true. That is, <laughs> and and now I'm I'm kind of uh, uh, rescinding back. I'm following Dad's lead. I've got a nine foot forehead going on right now. So it, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Your forehead but, won't uh, stop till it hits your ass. 
<laughs> There's plenty of hair on the backside. So, um, uh, all right. So the next one is uh, number between 13 and 21. Uh, 17. If you could invite four famous people to dinner, who would you choose and why? Oh my gosh, tough one. Four famous people. Uh, they probably have to be people that I listen to pretty regularly. Um, Les Brown. If you don't know who Les Brown is, absolutely phenomenal. I've learned a ton by listening to him for uh, probably two or three years now. He's a motivational speaker. He, he was homeless at one point and went from homeless to um, man, he just changes people people's lives on a daily, daily basis. And he's very thankful. And um, he's just a, you know, from what I know of him, I've never met him. I'd love to. He's a genuine dude. And I'd love yeah. to hang around him. Put his info in the show notes, too. I will. I will. Les Brown's awesome. Uh, who else? Let's just do two. Cause I don't yeah, know that two's I can think a lot. Four. Four's a lot. Uh, two. <laughs> uh, one more person that I'd like to meet. Um, Famous, I uh, dang, that's that's tough. It is. Um, Will Ferrell. Ah, <laughs> love that guy. Uh, see, what there was an a guy, idiot! There was a, there was a guy that lived in Shreveport uh, named Doug Skeleton. It looked just he would dress up as Elf for the Christmas run. He looks uh, identical. That is no lie. He looks identical. Really? To, and the first time I ever saw him, I wanted to ask for his autograph, and then they were like, "No, that's just Doug." I'm like, no, that's, that's Will Ferrell. No, no, no it's just that. I mean, identical. It's crazy. Will Ferrell, <laughs> or if I had a third one, it'd probably be Vince Vaughn. I love both of those characters yeah. See, tremendously. I was going to follow that same route. Um, uh, so, Jim Carrey was always one that, that I... Um, yes, yes. Just because he's so unpredictable. And he's gotten now, he's, he's very holistic, very spiritual now, very, um, I guess, maybe... Buddhist or something? I'm not exactly sure. I haven't. I haven't uh, yeah, you know, he he does have a flavor of that. I, I know that he did a uh, commencement yes speech that was, that was pretty much like that. Yeah, it was very very good. So um, that's one, and the other one. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, well, you've already met me. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I didn't put you on the list. Uh, we're gonna have oh, dinner gosh. in a few weeks when I come up there, so I'll be basically inviting you to dinner. So it's the same, even though you're cooking. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> essentially, you're inviting me to dinner. So I am inviting me. you to my dinner. <laughs> um, you know, it's probably somebody like Stephen Hawking or somebody that just Ooh. has found a way to reshape the way we think, like who has stepped outside of the normal box of. Oh, this is what's expected. This is how things work, and just accepted that, and always questioned yep. things. I yep. love, I love people that think deep, and you know what? I don't always have to agree with them, but it's just sure. the fact that they're exploring. Like well, that's that, that's big for me. That's one of the things you and I get along so well about is because um, I'm never really quite content with information. There's nothing and, in the box that is good for me. No, and you know, at some point you have to go. Okay, I rest. <laughs> right, right. Because you win. Okay, fine. Yeah, it it gets into. You know, especially when you have two people that have different perspectives, I mean, you get really deep as we do in these conversations. You get really deep really quick. Right. So, okay, what's next? All right, so uh, 22 to 30. Uh, 27. Oh, this is random. If you saw someone getting mugged in the street, what would you do? 
If I saw someone getting mugged in the street, I'd beat the shit out of somebody. I don't think I even need to say I, what I, I, I don't. I, I would even. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't even debate it. Yeah, no, that 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 was too easy. Yeah, let's see here. Not all okay. Right. Not okay at all. The last one, thirty-one to forty. Thirty-two. <laughs> but what is the last outlandish or wild thing you did? Tell us about it. Oh my gosh. Oh, this could have been bad. Well, <laughs> I will tell you this story. Uh, many people know it. Uh, that are close to me, but I used to race motorcycles and um, I used to be quite the hooligan uh, years ago. And I still, I believe, hold the Franklin County record speeding ticket. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not kidding. A hundred and twenty eight. How did you get caught? And a 55. Oh, I won't even go into the details, but um, I, I didn't. I, I got it secondhand, but nonetheless, I got uh, I got they, cut with it. I got it. Um, 128 and a 55. I was probably doing a lot faster than that before, but nonetheless, when I was caught, um, well, there's debate, but nonetheless, I my name is on 128 mile hour speeding ticket. Oh, ouchy. Yeah, yeah. Ouchy. That's why you. Used to race motorcycles. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and I had a daughter. <laughs> Between the two, right. I'm done. Things, things uh, change. Things yep. change. So, what about you? Uh, you know, it's it's funny because I sit here and I, I really don't know. <laughs> and <laughs> I say that because here it is, eight seventeen my time, and for the past probably week, I've been in the bed right now. Uh, I was laying in the bed the other night at eight oh two. I was going to say like staying up till nine. Yeah, like yeah, nine o'clock. It's like well, well, we were up yeah. last night doing a fantasy football draft at nine o'clock. Let's let's do this. Tell me your best. I'm going to change this for you. Tell me your best military story. Oh God! I mean, you got to have something. <sighs> That's the problem. There's so many. The probably the one that stands out the most is um, very very young in uh, to graduate infantry basic training. Uh, you had to do a a 25 mile forest road march, and along the way you would do like a you know two or three mile, I don't remember the distance two or three mile run straight into a range qualification with your M16. So basically, you get through your heart rate to the roof. It's shooting under pressure, blah blah blah. During this road march, um, I've got issues with both of my ears, and I got a double ear infection um, very early on in the road march. And this is like we're out there for I think it's three or four days, and this is kind of like the being birthed into the infantry. And um, I can remember walking in the sands up these hills in Georgia with, you know, 50, 60 pound rucksack on my back in the middle of the night. And I've got, and this is kind of nasty, but I've got like yellow pus running down both of my ears, down my, down under my neck. Cause I don't have anything to really, you know, put in my ears. If you get an earache or an ear infection, you know, you put drops in it, you put some, you know, cotton in there, whatever you do. And so that, that part stands out to me more than more than anything else I did, I mean, there's obviously some other really cool things I got to do, but um, because I, I still look back on that now and what I take away from it is perseverance. You know, sure. here I was, 17, just now 18 years old. I mean, I, I guess I should have told the story for my 18th birthday. I was in basic training. I got my head put in a toilet with a bunch of turds where everybody had donated mm. and flushed. Um, I was wondering what that smell was, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that's the thing is, is we got to the end and we, we consumed what they call the infantry brew and it's like being birthed into the brotherhood. And I look back on that now, you know, uh, 13, 14 years later. And to me that, that is really a cornerstone of, 
who I am as a person. I didn't realize it then, and when we typically don't, but like work ethic and just just perseverance, like always saying, "No, screw you, I'm doing this." That right, type of right. mentality. So, yeah, that's that's probably hmm. the most well, impactful one. Good thank question. you for your services. We appreciate right. it. Thank you, thank you. I, uh, uh, I'm sure there are many others, but that's yeah. one that that is the most I think impactful. So, cool. very cool. Uh, awesome, brother. So, is that the last one, or we have one more? That was it. All right, good. That was a wrap. I. Uh, you know, once again, I appreciate. It. I think that um, I think this is all good stuff. You know, we've we've obviously spawned another podcast out of this one, another idea. Sure. Um, nobody took us up on our on our reach I out. No, oh, that's kind of disappointing. I didn't realize that I had a bunch of friends that were chickens. But hey, you know, it's well, okay. <laughs> we only have like <laughs> six listeners now. <laughs> all right. Well, and and two of them both said, "Oh, that's a that's a great." Uh, that they offer. did. They did. They just don't yeah. know. They just didn't bite. They just they looked at the bait. They just didn't take it. So. Yeah. Well. well these um, days next our next podcast we'll have a special guest uh yeah. won't say anything about it now but we have another guest and uh is this the chippendales dancer or no when is he coming on <laughs> the weird <laughs> thing buddy. is he, i don't know why you want him at your house but whatever <laughs> uh no yeah you're right the next one's gonna be it's gonna be really good yeah uh, it be it's good. gonna bring a whole new perspective and and it's gonna it, be a really good chat i think it's gonna I be think. perfect timing too yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, okay. So looking forward to it. All right, man. Well, that's got it for me. Got it for you. Uh, for you listeners, if you want to get a hold of us, performance on demand podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please, if you are listening to us on iTunes, rate it, comment, uh, share it. If there's something that we can provide to you, obviously, we want to provide tons of valuable information if there's a point that you would like us to make or something you would like us to emphasize please let us know email us uh, we will share it and we will provide that information otherwise that's it for me jeremy i'm out all right guys thanks everyone talk to you soon bye